Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of the Postscript Shorts, where we hang out, sit down, and hang out with students from Living Faith Bible Institute with the hope of um, getting to hear some testimonies of salvation, uh, about discipleship, what God has done to grow someone up in His Word, and about the calling on people's lives. Uh, our students in the Bible Institute are coming from all over the world, uh, and they're studying with all different you know, heartbeats. Uh, some of them want to be church planners, pastors, missionaries, uh, better leaders in their ministry. Uh, they're coming from every different direction, and they're hoping the LFBI will assist them in that work. And we want to hear about what God's doing in every individual's life. And for that, for that very purpose, I have invited a dear friend of mine to be a part of the show, Chris Noonan. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that we get to do this, and I think you got a story that, that that people would benefit from hearing, just in terms of how God's moved you around, and, and you've been all different places sure. doing all different kinds of things, and um, so let's start, just let's just start by this. Where are you right now? What are you doing right now? What has God got you doing? Explain your career, explain your family, and tell us uh, about what God's doing in Northside and how he's using you. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Cassie. Uh, we have two kids, a uh, full of energy, little three-year-old, uh, and then an almost six-month-old now daughter. Uh, so I'm an engineer for Honda. I've been with them since uh, I graduated school uh, in 2015. And then I'm a part of Northside Baptist Church, so which is a church plant, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar, of uh, First Baptist in New Philadelphia, Ohio. And so I currently lead uh, the discipleship ministry there. Uh, and so we've been there for, for almost a year now. And you've been a part of that work from the very beginning. It's a, it's a brand new work. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we, we moved back to Columbus. Uh, it'll be a year next month. And Northside had officially became a, a church in February of, of 2021. So just a few months after they officially became a church, we, we found ourselves back up here with them. Cool. So what's that been like, you know, over the last year? What's, I mean, the good and the bad and the ugly, I guess. Yeah, it's been, uh, man, it's been exciting. So uh, it was a big transition, just uh, moving with a toddler. My wife was pregnant at the time back back here to Columbus uh, and then getting to know uh, people. We had a lot of friends that were here because we were in Ohio before. Uh, and so we were able to reconnect with them. So that's been, that's been fun for sure. Uh, getting to know Matt, the pastor, um, has been a joy. Uh, but then with any church plant, there's challenges, right? We don't, we don't have our own building yet. So we're meeting Sunday nights. Uh, we're, you know, as we lay out vision and, and direction, kind of the unique thing about our churches is we're, we're fairly large for what a church plant would be considered. So there's mm -hmm. probably 80 people there on a Sunday uh, in that neighborhood. And you guys started large. So, there was a lot of people committed to the work from the very beginning, which is great. Yeah, I think there have been a group of people praying for a long time for for a Living Faith Fellowship Church to be to be here in Columbus, and so that certainly was an answer to prayer for for a lot of people. So then, kind of helping that body uh, catch the vision, you know that that takes time, yeah. um, and that that 
as has its own challenges, but it's it's been good. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and that work really begins with discipleship. So you know your role mm. is is important, and I'm sure it's not easy um, onboarding a lot of people onto discipleship and, and getting them involved in those relationships. And yeah, I would say that there were a good number of people that maybe were familiar with or had been exposed to discipleship at at a former church that they were at. You know, people are are learning and and catching the vision that man this is this is so much bigger and so much greater than just uh you know going through some material and learning uh some new things about the word of god it's it's ultimately how how we're going to reach the world uh mm-hmm. and fulfill the mission that we've been entrusted with yeah well it's exciting and i'm sure we'll hit on it again near the end of the episode let's back up and let's talk a little bit about your childhood and how you came to know christ and and uh you know let that segue into how you know, God brought you into discipleship relationship and what it was like to be mentored. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up, uh, in Kokomo, Indiana, a small town, about an hour North of Indianapolis. Uh, we were involved in a small Baptist church. I got saved when, when I was seven. So both of my parents were believers. And so I was exposed to the gospel from a young age and surrendered my life to him when, when I was young. So I'm very thankful that church that I grew up in, uh, when the uh, associate pastor at the time, when he became a senior pastor, uh, he had known Mark and Frank from from the BBC days, and so he reached out to Mark Trotter, uh, who was the senior pastor at uh, FBC in New Philly for man twenty years, I think. He was there for a total of twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, and then for a long time with him there was Frank Pardue. Uh, Frank passed away uh, kind of very suddenly in um, the early 2000, very early 2000s. Uh, and so they were kind of a dynamic duo that, that led FBC for a number of years together. Uh, so this would, would have been in the 90s. That pastor of my church reached out to, to both of them for just kind of some direction and help in, in his new role. And so, uh, and then... FBC in New Philly kind of became uh, sister churches, so to speak. Mark and Frank would come and do conferences. Uh, we did youth camps together. So New Philly would kind of lead the youth camps and we would be a part of those. Uh, and then along with that came uh, discipleship. And so that that's how the church I grew up in became exposed to discipleship. And so as a young kid, I was able to see just the impact of that on the church as as people began to uh, you know, the, the vision, the focus changed. And so then people began to make sacrifices to, to invest the word of God into others, which was just a very cool thing for mm-hmm. me to see, uh, as a, as a kid growing up there. Man. And obviously impacted you even up to this point. I mean, now that you're, you're still working with discipleship and, and that's like such a critical part of who you are and, and your identity and ministry. Yeah. So Mark, sure. Mark had an influence on you even beyond that. Uh, so t- tell us about, you know, going away to college and, and what that was like and, and your church experience in that time and, and how you came in contact with Mark again. Yeah, like growing up, I'd heard Mark preach a number of times and had done different conferences and, and things that have just been impactful in my life. And so I found myself uh, then after high school at uh, Cedarville University over here in Ohio studying engineering. Uh, at that time, when I began uh, looking for a church, I knew Mark was no longer at 
FBC in New Philly. Uh, but what I didn't realize was that he was he was actually in Hilliard, Ohio, and was within driving distance of of where where I was going to school. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, thankfully, we were able to to reconnect shortly after I got to Cedarville, and so that kind of turned into uh, him and I hanging out on a pretty regular basis. And so Friday nights, you know, once a month or, or every six weeks, I would hop in my car and drive over to the church after I was done with class. And, and Mark and I would spend a few hours together, usually in the conference room at the church, we'd hang out there and, uh, just be able to, to learn from, from him just taking time and investing in my life. Mm-hmm. And you probably didn't fully realize what you'd gotten into outside of just wanting to be around the, this guy that had a lot of influence on you as a kid. I mean, there was mm-hmm. probably a lot of instructing and teaching going on when you guys were hanging out. I mean, he was, he was discipling you. Yeah, for sure. It, what, what started as, Hey, I've got this situation going on in my life. I love your input on it. Can we, you know, can we get together and, uh, you know, that turned into, well, hey, could we do this on a more regular basis? And to the point where, man, it was something that I've got, I've got notebooks of, of things that he was, he was scribbling down diagrams and, and teaching things uh, when, when we were there together uh, in the conference room. So a lot of, man, just, just cherished memories. And it's precious yeah. that you got that time with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there certainly wasn't ever a time that I felt like I was, an afterthought or, you know, something else on a schedule, even though I'm just, I was some random dude studying engineering that had been influenced by him at a young age. Uh, you know, he was, he was more than willing to make, make that time available for me. The beauty of the story is that, that, that didn't change even after you graduated from college. I mean, you made the really hard decision to kind of follow him wherever he was going. I mean, he was, for for lack of a better analogy, he, you know, uh, he was your na- you know Naomi, I guess. <laughs> like <laughs> you were you were Ruth, and you were just like wherever you're going, man, I'm I'm going with you. So tell tell us a little bit about that story about how you ended up following him to do other ministry work. My wife and I, once we got married, she still had uh, some schooling to to finish up at Cedarville, and so we just kind of began praying of, okay, Lord, where where would you have us to go? Uh, is that you know, fall on Mark down south or somewhere else, or, or you know, we, we could go kind of anywhere. And and so as we prayed about that, we visited Mark down south a couple times. And then through, man, it was kind of a last minute thing that all came together. Uh, my wife had accepted a, a nursing position down there. And then I was able to actually transfer with Honda to a small manufacturing location we have. Uh, down in Georgia, uh, which was a just a huge blessing for us. And so then we uh, joined the church down there with Mark and the things that were going on down south and, and were there with him for for almost four years. And I know that that time was really, you know, impactful to you just to be with him, be it with him in ministry, uh, to serve in a different place, to trust God. Like, I mean, clearly God was taking you there. Um you know, with the job situations and all that stuff, his hand was in it. You know, you learned a lot. And that whole time, there was always this weird prayer that Mark had about getting back to Columbus, though. And so that was kind of implanted. That was a vision he had that kind of stuck with you, you know, that probably was a little bit inescapable. Tell us, tell us about how that worked out and how you ended up 
jumping from, you know, the Atlanta area back out to, to Columbus. Yeah. So there was a handful of different things going on at the time. Uh, one of which was, uh, my role with Honda down there was, was just requiring more time and just asking the Lord and what, what, what does this look like? What does this mean? If, if at some point down the road, uh, by vocational ministry is, is a thing, I don't see how I can do it with this current job that I have. And so we, we were praying about that. Um, and then at the same time, or shortly thereafter, I learned of an opportunity with my, my former office here in Ohio, uh, that they were expanding and needed more people. And, uh, so I had, I had maintained contact with them since I was, I was down South. And so, uh, they were looking for people and, and all of that really coincided with, uh, the church plant, uh, of Northside here in Columbus. And so we had known about, you know, the church plant, which initially was just a Bible study. And, and we had been praying for that Bible study. And, and as we prayed uh, about uh, that, that slowly kind of grew into a heart desire for us to not just be praying for it, but, but to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so with all these kind of things going on, I was able to talk with Mark for, man, it was an hour and a half. Uh, about six weeks before he had passed, and neither one of us had any idea that you know that was coming that that quickly. I remember talking with him on the phone, and as we talked through just all the things going on in our world uh, with my job, and then the opportunities to be back up here in Columbus and be a part of Northside, uh, Mark Mark encouraged us to go, and so we began taking steps in that direction and. And the Lord graciously, you know, allowed us to come back uh, in June of last year. The connection between Columbus and Mark goes way back. And, and he had been praying for a long time about what it would look like to have a church plant in the Columbus, Ohio area. Mm-hmm. Tons of ministry connections for him. And mm-hmm. then you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that that you started with a big group of people. A lot of those people were people that were influenced by Mark. I mean, these are people that had been under his teaching, and 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 so Northside kind of represented, uh, you know, Mark's vision. But it's so interesting. God's timing is so strange that that you know his passing coincided with the the beginning of this church, a, a work that he was never able to be a part of, and. Um, see come to fruition. But now there's a team of people that he had an influence on that are out there and you don't have Mark, right? You don't have kind of, you know, the mentor, the leader uh, of uh, leadership of Mark to guide you. Uh, you have to trust the Lord. Like mm-hmm. you, it's, it's just you, it's not you and Mark and the work it's you and, and Christ and his spirit and his word and the hard work uh, of reaching Columbus um, man, what's that, what's that been like? What's that, you know, to be a part of this and, and, and to have to trust God in a way that you've never had to trust him before. I mean, what's that like? Yeah, it's, you know, it's been, it's been good. There's certainly times that, uh, you know, you, you wish that Mark would be there, right? You wish that he could see uh, the people that are part of the church, you wish that he could see just the 
how the Lord has worked and has grown and the things that he's done. And what's been just a little bit over a year uh, with, with our body here in Columbus. Uh, but, but at the same time, Matt is of the fellowship and holds the same philosophy and the same vision as the other pastors in the fellowship. And so though it's not, uh, though it's not Mark, that's, you know, they're leading uh, the ministry uh, as someone who's, who's taking it in the same direction and has the yeah. same, yeah. the same philosophy and the same vision. And so it's, there's security and safety in that. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's been encouraging just to get behind Matt and to follow his, follow his leadership as he, as he navigates uh, the vision from the Lord. Yeah. Matt is, is an awesome dude. And you know, there's so many people in LFBI right now praying about being a part of church plants and they desire to be on the mission field and to hear stories from guys like you and, and like Matt, um, I think is really eye-opening and encouraging for people to kind of just jump out of the boat and, and, and to go walk on the water, trust in the Lord. I think, I think it, these are powerful stories. Yeah. And, and I think there was a, there's a part in my growth where the Lord had to get me to the place where, you know, though in a ministry of some sorts been, been on my radar and, and I don't know what that will look like. Uh, you know, in the years to come, if the Lord tarries, uh, but just being completely content with, okay, Lord, this is where you have me, and the mission is the same, regardless of what my position in the mission is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm called to do the same thing everybody else is, and and coming back up to Ohio, we didn't. You know, Matt and I hadn't talked ahead of time in regards to me leading the discipleship ministry, so that that wasn't necessarily on my radar of of something that that the Lord had for me and that Matt had had vision for. You know, I was content with whatever that that looked like, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that's and just for for growing leaders and you know people that. And have a heart for ministry and a desire for it was just just be faithful with what you know to do, and that's to to reach people and to make disciples, and the Lord will take care of the rest. Yeah, that's he certainly really good. has has in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the kind of stuff I was hoping Chris would share. Okay, so how did you get involved with LFBI? Like, I I suppose Mark kind of convinced you to do it, but um, yes, tell tell me about how that happened and and why you're doing it, why you're doing LFBI ultimately, and how has it benefited you up to this point? Yeah, so it, it was a conversation actually in the conference room with Mark uh, back 2014 or 2015, somewhere somewhere in there. And, and we were talking and I just kind of asked him like, hey, so what do you, so what do you recommend for the guy that, that sees maybe ministry down the road as far as, as training? What what does that look like? And uh, that's when he's like, well, you know, there's this thing that's kind of happened in the last couple of years and, and shared with me uh, LFBI. And uh, in the fall, I began taking classes. And, and one of those was uh, the original prayer and worship class that Mark actually taught mm-hmm. uh, from Columbus. And so that was how I had gotten first gotten involved and then have taken classes since then. That's, that's great, man. And Chris is a, is a great student and he takes his, he takes his classes seriously. I remember maybe it was a couple of years ago, you and I having a conversation about how hard a class was and 
I just appreciate when students talk that way because uh, usually it means that they're taking it serious. And I think Chris does that. Yes. Um, what's your favorite Postscript episode? I'm sure someone else has said the same thing, but but any of the ones with Trotter, just with the influence that he's had in my life, uh, his biscuits one is hilarious. So funny. So I've, those are those are good. Thankful yeah. that you've got them on on tape. And that, that we can go back and listen to those as well. Yeah, no, I, they're really important to me too. Um, the, uh, just the, hearing the stories, hearing him talk about his life, you know, I think 20, 20 years from now, I'm going to be able to go back and, and reminisce listening to those. And, but Chris, man, I'm thankful for your friendship. Yeah. Thanks for you as well. You, uh, you're, you're a good dude and I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for Northside all the time and, and lifting you guys up. Um, we need a strong Bible-believing church in Columbus, Ohio. How many college students in Columbus, Ohio? Oh, man. I don't know the latest. Uh, there was a time when I was in Cedarville that actually led an evangelism ministry on OSU's campus. And at the time, so this had been eight or nine years ago, there was like 60-plus thousand students. Uh, so I'm sure that's only grown uh, since then. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. So we're lifting you up, brother. We're thankful for you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah, thanks for having and me. And hopefully we'll get to see each other again soon. Yeah, come come visit us sometime. Uh, that's the plan. Matt's, Matt's been talking about it, so hopefully I'll be out there Sweet. with you guys soon, maybe in the fall. Cool. That'd be awesome. And we thank you, too, uh, listeners who are hanging out with us. Uh, we're grateful anytime you want to spend time with us and, and listen to the shows. Listen to these testimonies. That's what Shorts is all about is you getting opportunity to hear the short stories of people's lives and, and what God's doing in their lives. And, and I, I pray that it's been edifying to you and strengthening in your walk. We, we really want you to do as, as Chris did, just as Mark convinced Chris that he should take LFBI classes. Uh, we pray that you would consider the same thing. If you've got questions or thoughts about LFBI, visit lfbi.org to learn more about our school and what we're doing, our program of study. And, uh, and if you need to reach out to us and you got questions or you want to demo some classes, all of that information is available to you there at LFBI.org. With that, we love you, we appreciate you, and we'll see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless.